Welcome to this week's episode of the HRDQU in review podcast, where we bring you the latest insights and practical tools for enhancing soft skills training within your organization. This podcast is proudly sponsored by HRDQ.com. And I am your host, Sarah, learning events manager at HRDQU. Today, I'm thrilled to have Drs. Jack and Patty Phillips back on the podcast with me. We will be delving into their webinar, Proving the Value of Leadership Development, Case Studies of Top Leadership Development Programs. And I've had the privilege of collaborating with Jack and Patty on over 16 webinar events over the years, and they're an exceptional duo to work with. So I'm excited to hear more from them today. And welcome, Jack and Patty. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. So to kick things off for folks that don't know you and aren't familiarized with you, can you tell us a little bit about what you guys do and you know how you got to where you're at today? I'm happy to start that, Jack, and then you can jump in there. So so ROI Institute, so we founded ROI Institute probably about 30 years ago, um, but the process that we built the business around um, was developed way back in the 70s, and Jack can tell the entire history of that if if we need that. But our focus is on helping organizations develop capability and measurement and evaluation. And we do that either by teaching them how to demonstrate or how to measure the application impact and return on investment of their programs. Um, we will do it for them as a consultancy. Um, and then we'll coach, coach them through the process. So we either teach them, we do it for them, or we partner with them on it, coach them through the process, or if nothing else, just serve as a thought partner to them as they think through their project and their measurement strategy. Yes, and I'm chairman of ROI uh, Institute, and we work globally in about 70 countries now. Uh, we work through partners. We have about 100 consultants who do, who do just what Patty said. They either teach ROI or they conduct ROI studies or they do it together. We document this quite well with a lot of books. Uh, we'll be talking about a couple of those here today, uh, but over 75 books that support this methodology. It has become the most used evaluation system in the world. Uh, but it's been a long time coming, but it's there. So we're glad to, to be a part of this process. And what changes do you guys see happening in the L&D space right now? I don't, I don't know that it's as much a, a change as just a um, greater emphasis on the need to demonstrate, you know, impact and return on investment. I think part of that is, you know, people now know how to do it. There's still a lot, a lot of people still struggle with it and they're still building their capability in it, but there's so much of it going on. There seems to be greater emphasis um, because now, you know, people are doing it. They can do it. Um, it is being done. Plus, you know, it's always important to look at resources and how you're allocating the resources. And I think we're just at a place now where emphasis on impact and ROI is greater than in the past. The other thing that we've we've seen in the L&D space is the whole nature of development, training and development itself. You know, no longer do participants in programs want to be taught. They want to be enabled to do their job. And so people don't want you to teach them. And that's why we see some of the challenges with virtual learning. Um, people don't turn on their cameras. They don't engage. They're doing multiple things. And you can't learn and do that. And you can you think you can, but you can't learn to and, and behave like that in the classroom. But part of that is, you know, we just don't want to be talked to. We want to be enabled. We want to be supported. So I think the nature of training and development is changing. Um, yet, it's, there's still a need to connect whatever that 
process of enablement is to the business outcome. So those are just some of the things that I've seen. Again, greater emphasis on impact and ROI, but also a shift in how training and development is being delivered. It's more about you know true enablement, not you know being taught. Given the shifts, I was going to say, you know, what strategies do you think organizations should then start prioritizing to adapt effectively to the changing dynamics that you're seeing in, you know, this hybrid remote work? Yeah, I, I, I think the key thing is know what's working and what's not working. And that brings in measurement, measuring success. You know, we measure success along five levels as we measure reaction to the program or process uh, what they're learning, uh, what they're actually doing, and the impact it has in the ROI. So good measurement strategy lets us know what's what's working, what's not working, even parts of it, our processes. It, it may be that coaching is much better than um, than a classroom training. So, but you don't know that unless you measure it. So we we it brings in this whole level of accountability and trying to making sure that it's not only works, but it adds value to the organization. Um, if we don't add value to the organization and that's not clear that we do, uh, we, our budgets often don't get approved or they get slashed or they struggle. And so what we do is help organizations get their budgets approved, get the funding they need. And you can only do that if you can show the value of what you do. And so that's going to always be an issue. And I think it's more intensified now with the anxiety and uncertainties in the economy that we see. And we are going to dive into the content from the webinar shortly, but I'd like to know what exciting things are are you up to next? Well, we just... Uh, celebrated our 50th book with ATD. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Can you imagine 50 book with one publisher? Uh, so it's a, it's a huge milestone with them. And it's a very imp- important title. It's uh, Designing Virtual Learning for Application and Impact. And there we teamed up with a one of the best uh, virtual learning experts, Cindy Huggett, uh, and also Emma Weber, who is a world-known expert in the transfer of learning to the job. And so the four of us tackle this issue. How do we make sure that virtual learning delivers the impact that we need? And even the ROI that may be needed if it's a very expensive, important program. So we, we've got that. And then we've got the, the new book uh, that we talked about in your webinar, um, Proving the Value of, of Leadership Development. So we'll talk about that more later. But, Patty, tell us what you're up to lately. What I'm up to lately? Well, we are. So, uh, Jack's book, Return on Investment in Training and Performance Improvement. So, it's going into its third edition. Um, so, he wrote that book. That was that in that 1983 handbook that he wrote really put the process on the map. So in 83, he put the concept of the five levels of evaluation, the ROI methodology out there in the hands of academics and readers, and then wrote a book just about the ROI piece. And so we're actually going into the third edition of that. So our partner, Klaus Tus in the Netherlands and I are helping update that book into the third edition. So that's a big project that's up new for us. And then, you know, just continuing the the work that we do and the research that we do with our 
uh, partnerships with organizations like the Conference Board and Institute for Corporate Productivity, and you know, just <laughs> we just continue doing what we do. Just, That's great. You know, more of and, it. And so. so we recently did this webinar together on proving the value of leadership development, case studies of top leadership development programs. And can you share what the key takeaways were for registrants at the event for any folks that are joining in today that maybe didn't get a chance to listen to the webinar yet? Well, so some of the key the key takeaways um, from that webinar with regard to leadership development is, I guess, the first you know big takeaway is that we can connect it to the business. Too too often people say, you know, leadership development is essential skill or soft skill or whatever you call it, and you can't tie leadership development to impact and ROI. Well, you can, and we do, and we have for years in this new book really demonstrates that because the case studies are indeed, like all of our case studies, coming from the practitioners or the suppliers of those leadership development programs. So one big takeaway from that webinar is it can be done. It is being done. I think another one is if we really want leadership development to work, um, we've got to set it up to work from the outset. It's all about design and using those design principles to ensure that we are solving problems because leadership development, like other development opportunities, are problem resolvers, right? It's about problem resolution or leveraging an opportunity. So if we set it up front the right way by defining why we're doing it, it's not about behavior change. That's not why we do it. We do it because there's some problem or opportunity we're trying to take advantage of that will lead to a payoff for the organization. And there's some behaviors that need to change that can get us there. And this programming can help change those behaviors to get us to that why. So I think those are probably the two biggest you know, takeaways of the entire webinar is that can be done. It is being done, but to make it happen, we've got to start with, you know, and why are we doing I it? I would add place? this. This is our fourth book in leadership development. Um, we keep writing those because we want to uh, give more examples. This one has uh, 12 case studies. <clears throat> These are detailed case studies showing how organizations have done this. And we have more public sector than private business in there this time, showing you that it it can be applied across the, the system. So leadership is one of those important issues. It's changed some during the pandemic. We, we, we're a little more inclusive. We're a little, using more empathy these days. Uh, we're uh, more concerned about the well-being of our team. So that's the good thing that came out of the pandemic. But there's still a need to see the value of all of this. Um, that is, if we're spending this large amounts of money, so and we invest a lot in leadership development. Uh, executives really like to see the connection. We think they're okay if we give them behaviors and say, hey, the behaviors have all changed in our team. And the, the typical response that we hear is, so what now? I, how does that affect the business? Um, so giving behavior without the consequence of the behavior is this saying they're busy now. And that's not what we need. So we have to, we have to get the leadership development providers, and we see a tremendous shift these days where they're willing to actually help show the value of what they do, help show the value of their content that they offer. Arbinger's, Arbinger Institute is a good example of that, where they are teaching their uh, clients how to measure ROI, uh, who to thought. And it's, 
so it's amazing how things <laughs> have changed. But you got to do that. If you've got an expensive process and you're, you're trying to get people to use it, help them show how it connects to the organization. And that's what we're seeing. So we're glad to offer that book um, and appreciate the, the opportunity to promote it and discuss it in the, in the webinar. And so in a competitive environment where it's important to stand out from others, how does the ROI methodology help users do this? Well, first, uh, they see uh, how success is generated because you've got the five levels of outcomes and they see where it breaks down and where it works. Uh, so if you've got a negative ROI, you know what caused it, so you can make adjustment. If you've got a positive ROI, we will make it better next time. So process improvement is a key part of the process. So it really is just a way of revealing how things are working. But as Patty pointed out, the concern at the end is it, it may not be successful. And so to help minimize that concern, start with the end in mind. And the end is not behavior, but the end is that impact measure that you want, that KPI, key performance indicator. And they all have them. All the leaders have them, key measures from their team. Uh, and that's what we need to be driving with uh, leadership development. Start with the end in mind. Make sure you got the right solution. Set good, clear objectives so everyone can help and support you as you are implementing this and it can make it work. And what is the best way to build serious evaluation capability? Well, um, it's ROI certification. So that's a, <laughs> thank you for that question of because course. we've got the right answer for that. <laughs> and it's, it's building serious capability. <laughs> hey, we started doing this back publicly in 1995 with our first group of people who says, we got to know how to do these studies and, and teach us not just the concepts, but help us get through that. And so we we teach them how to do that with our ROI certification, but we stay with them on coaching until they get their first study done. So th that's how the, they become a certified ROI professional, and that's when they've actually done completed an ROI study. Hey, we've got over 7,000 of them already uh, certified. Uh, that means they've conducted an ROI study and it makes a difference with them and their work and sometimes even their career uh, to, to be able to show people who want to know and want to see the value of what they do in terms that they appreciate. So we offer certification. We have it on demand. We have it live virtual. We have it in person. Uh, so, and But a lot of it is internal these days. People want to want to take a group of people and develop capability to get it done inside the organization and build off of that team of people who are certified to help inspire, enable, and motivate others to do more to deliver the value they need. Patty, you want to add to that? Did I, did I say it all? Well, I think, you know, no, I think you said it all, but, you know, about certification, we run into a lot of people who they need a project done. And so they'll call and they'll ask us to submit a proposal. And, you know, we're in when we look at, you know, our fee compared to some of the larger companies and consultancies who we've also trained, we're like, why are you going there? You should be coming here because 
you know, we trained them, so, but they're charging a whole lot more come to us. So it's not like we're expensive in the scheme of things. But for many, sometimes, you know, the consulting is not what they need or at the time have the resources to do it. So what we'd like to tell people is we want to do the work for you. That is our business to help drive this and help you build capability. But let us do the first story. I mean, the first study and we'll teach you and follow along. We'd love to do that. But a way to do it, get the job done for a lot less money and build skill along the way is that certification that Jack mentioned. And there's not that many opportunities to do that. So when they, you know, others, meaning others, uh, you know, enabling you to do that. So if, if a person has real work that needs to be done and they want to build capability at the same time, build skill, certification is the way to get it done. Because for pennies, pennies compared to what it would cost to have us or someone else do it for them. They are learning the process. They're engaging with others who are facing some of the same challenges. So they're learning with a group. They're planning their project. Then we support on the back end as they complete the project through our group coaching. And it's like, you know, isn't to us, it would be a no brainer because how do you get work done and learn at the same time and build your network of other practitioners. So, um, you know, certification is the way to go if they really want to build serious capability because it gets them through the first effort, but they're learning the process along the way. And, you know, most leadership development providers don't connect their leadership development programs to the business outcomes. Why do you think that that is? Well, I think realistically, the big issue is the fear of the outcome. The they're concerned that it may not deliver the value that it should. And uh, we had some people from Harvard to tell us about the Harvard events management program. They said, look, we sell our, our programs on reputation. Um, if we, if we get a positive ROI, that's what they expected. But if the ROI is negative, then we created a problem that we don't have now. So the, that mentality keeps people from going down this path. And so what they're doing is waiting for the client to make that request, which is a dangerous thing because we've, we've evaluated some of the Harvard programs and the client have asked us to evaluate them, but not involve Harvard because they didn't want to do this. And so what it, it's an awkward situation. The, the point is the client needs the value. And as a provider, if we can't sh- help them see the value and show the value, that puts us in a, a d- difficult and I think less co- competitive uh, strategy here because your competitors are, are doing that and they're going to win out because you've got to show the value for that. Um, so in reality, le- there's so much great leadership content out there and almost any of it will deliver the value if it's used properly and supported by the organization. And as Patty says, connected to the business in the beginning. Patty, add to that. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting too excited here about this. (laughs) No, it's, I mean, that's, that's what it is. You know, and the other thing too is, you know, leadership development is not going to, it's not a fix, right? It's not going to fix everything. Even though we think leadership development fixes all the world's problems, it doesn't. It's It's one solution. 
um, to many things. And just like any other solution, you've got to have a system that supports the implementation of it. So while you get someone engaged or involved in a leadership development program, going into it with clear expectation of the end game is important. And what we find with leadership development programs, you know, you've got people coming from across the enterprise. And so people will often say, well, we're doing leadership development to improve turnover. Well, what if half the team doesn't have a turnover problem? Or we're doing leadership development to do this. Well, you know, you don't, there's not a problem for the others. So what we suggest is really customize. And you're not changing the program so much as you're changing your approach to it. You know, customize that need. Let the leaders bring their problems to the table. So if you have 25 leaders, have them identify two of their key performance indicators that need to improve, two of the operation, operational measures uh, for which they have full responsibility that need to improve, that can improve by developing as a leader, let them bring those measures in. That's your why. And now your leaders have come in with their own personal, why am I here? <laughs> because seriously, nobody really wants to do it, right? They got stuff to do at their desk. But if you give them a compelling reason why they want to engage in leadership development, they will come in and now you've got buy-in from the get-go. And then your facilitation and your coaching and all that goes into leadership development is targeting the behaviors that are going to help move the needle on the measures that matter to them. So starting with that, you know, having get compelling participants from the outset by solving their problem, and then ensuring that the managers who support those participants are engaged from the immediate, from the front end as well, helping to, them define the why, but also ensuring that they're there to support and enable and not get in the way. I think that's important because we forget even leaders going through leadership development programs need that support and opportunity to get involved and use their skills. So this next question I have here for you is a bit of a juicy question. So we have those publications like McKinsey, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Harvard Business Review that have all featured articles showcasing you know, the often low return on investment that leader, leadership development receives. Why do you think leadership development often gets such negative press? Costs a lot of money and you have huge expectations and the, the CEO just doesn't see it. Now, it could be there, but if you don't show them the, what you delivered and prove it, you prove it by showing precisely how much of that improvement is connected to the leadership program. That's why we, why we named this new book, Proving the Value of Leadership Development, because we've got to sort out the effects of what we've done from other influences. So imagine you need great leaders, you hire an organization with great content to build your leaders. You're expecting great things out of the leaders. And if you don't see that connection, uh, what they typically report back is the behaviors with a 360 feedback. But if you just stop there and say, well, we got behaviors, but if I don't see uh, results tied to this, I'm wondering, did it really deliver value? And this is why they think they don't see the ROI so much from leadership development. And it's not, it may be it's there, they just don't see it, they don't see the connection. Um, so we. this is why we want leadership development providers to step up to this and do their role to make leadership development deliver the results and show that to the client or teach them how to do it. Um, that's 
Yeah. And and to that, Jack, you know the the suppliers, right? I mean, they're in the business of selling a product, and it's their leadership development. And sometimes they feel like it's hard to go there because they're afraid that if it's not showing value, it's going to hurt their reputation. It's going to do all these things too. Well, the worst thing that could happen from a supplier standpoint is that program doesn't work and it does get out there and it's in the press because it didn't show value and no one liked it is, is getting out there, right? That's not what they want it to do. So the idea is if we do nothing, if we don't evaluate it, that you know, if it's not successful, that word won't get out. Well, it does anyway, because it's based on, the participant perception of the program. So if it's not working for participants, the word's going to get out anyway. So the better thing a supplier can do is design their solution to work. And that means when they're going into that client, um, it's not about selling the product. It's about understanding the problems that exist in the organization and how their solution can solve the problems, beginning clear on the metrics. And so it's sometimes a tough conversation for suppliers to have because they want to sell a product because they've got to pay their people. Well, you know, word's going to get out if it's good product or bad product from a perception standpoint. The question is, is it a good or bad investment? And that's, you know, we're knowing those business measures up front and having that difficult conversation up front. And we see it all the time, right? It's like, whose fault is it? You know, the leadership development didn't work. So they're disconnected. You know, the program did this. And I mean, it's just a whole disconnect because they didn't have a conversation. Companies want to buy leadership development. They go to someone who someone knows they buy it. No conversation. Leadership development suppliers want to sell leadership development products. No conversation because they can sell it. Well, that's a problem for both sides because when you invest that much in developing your people and you have nothing that says, here's the, the result of it beyond perception, that perception can be just as damaging as a negative ROI. So why not go ahead and figure out what it's doing and what it's not from an impact and ROI could, perspective? Um, but it's hard because you're selling And I want to say this quickly. Product, uh, so. HRDQ does a great job with this. They, they push the impact and even ROI. So they encourage a lot of their users and a lot of their clients to think about the connection to the business. Think about the value that you're delivering. Uh, so much so that we gave HRDQ an award a couple of years back as a best provider award because of their relentless focus on impact and ROI in their products. And so we appreciate you doing that because that's the kind of mentality we need. There's a lot of providers won't, won't, won't mention the word impact or ROI in, in, in the concept of what they are offering. Uh, they're talking behaviors. Um, and so it you've got to have the consequence of those behaviors. And so we appreciate the efforts of HRDQ to do that and, and support that. Well, thank you for that. And and that'll, that leads me into my next question here for you. So how can organizations or service providers ensure leadership development delivers business value? Let's summarize it quickly. Uh, Connect it to the business in the beginning. Make sure that it's the right solution and have objectives that push it up to the business impact. And those objectives are given to the whole team who are involved in it so that they're supporting, encouraging, enabling, and helping people 
have that impact that they need. We've essentially have designed or, or des- described the success of this program now is not when there's learning, is not when there's behavior, but it's not successful until there's impact. That relentless focus on business results will get you the business results, and that's what you can report back to the executives. And then when you improve, prove the 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 value with isolating the effects of the program that gets it down to a very clear part of the process of what you've delivered. And the ultimate accountability is the cost of it versus the monetary benefits of what you delivered. And that's the ROI. That's a little quick summary of how you can make sure it delivers the business results. It's not that difficult. Hey, we keep the math at a fourth grade level here. So it's not so complicated. And it's logic model, step by step. It's like a drop-down menu as you go through the process. Before I let you both on your way today, where can listeners go to learn more about your work and connect with you? So, well, they can certainly go to our website, roiinstitute.net, and check out some of the resources we have there. And, of course, they can always email us directly, um, patty, P-A-T-T-I, at roiinstitute.net, and jack, J-A-C-K, at roiinstitute.net. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from from everyone. If you have any questions about the process and how it applies to leadership development, we'd, we'd love to chat. Yes. And we'd love to have a conversation around what your concerns are about these issues that we're covering today in the podcast. Well, thank you, Jack and Patty, for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you enjoy listening to the HRDQU in review podcast available on all major streaming platforms. If you did enjoy today's episode, please share it, like it, give us a follow and leave us a review. It really does help us continue to provide this weekly content to you. And with that, I will uh, see you all next week.